I'm just going to share quickly this morning. I've still got my 14 pages of notes, but don't worry, I'm not going to preach on them all. So, I'm going to round off this morning the issue of presence for now. I've been talking about presence for three weeks, the presence of God. You see, I'm a great believer that God wants to encounter us, seriously encounter us as people, individually and corporately. I believe it passionately. And therefore, for me, it is important. It is really, really important. And the reason I believe that, and it's not because somebody wrote this, that it becomes important, but I believe in totally in the sentiment of this. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is basically a summary of Christian doctrine, is presented in the format of 107 questions and answers given and scriptural proof for each answer. But the very inaugural, the first question is this, what is the chief end of man? And the answer, the short answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God. That is our chief end, to glorify God with our lives. But the second part also, and to enjoy him forever. I hear a lot about man's chief end is to glorify God and I hear a lot about how um, we have to go about and do that and glorify God but I don't often hear a lot of people necessarily talk about and enjoy him forever because you see sometimes in our busyness trying to glorify him we miss enjoying him because it becomes hard work And it's not that we shouldn't put all our effort into serving the Lord. It's nothing like that, all right? Uh, I believe genuinely, although I'm going to be totally honest with you, I am not always 100%. You know, there are days where that is not on my caseload. I miss it. But my desire every day is to be 100%, and my attempt is 100%, even when I fail. But that should not stop me enjoying God. And sitting in the presence of God, just allowing the presence of God to envelop me and to envelop you is an opportunity for us to enjoy him, to seriously enjoy him. Not because we're praying, not because we're doing anything, but just because he is who he is, the almighty, awesome, majestic, omnipresent, and all the other omnis you can think of, God whom we serve. And there is a reason God wants us to enjoy him. And the reason he wants us to enjoy him is because in Being in his presence, we are changed. There's a song, and I can't remember the first line, but I can remember one line there, changed in the presence of a holy God. 
I am changed in the presence of a holy God. Don't remember what the chorus or the song was called, but there's that line in it. And when we come into the presence of God, God works on our hearts. You see, it's not he wants to work on our bodies. He might heal us. He might set us free from baggage that we bring, but he's working on our hearts. He's making it malleable and soft and open to him. He's putting his heart into us. We sang a song yesterday in the thing, Break My Heart With What Breaks Yours. Dangerous song to sing that, really. However, um, he is working on our hearts. And so... Having spoke on presence, being built into a spiritual temple, if he, I've got a, I was going to go back to 1 Peter 2 and read the first 12 verses again, but I haven't got time this morning, so I'm just, that's where I'm coming from. I'm going all the way back to where I started about us being built into a spiritual house, the spiritual house being a temple, the temple being the place where the presence of God, the focus was the presence of God dwelt. And in this day and age, we are not necessarily looking for a singular house where the presence of God dwells in terms of, you know, this is a building, we use it for our church. Yes, I want the sense of the presence of God to be in this place, but actually God is building a bigger temple than this one building here. Because you're a living stone and I'm a living stone and together we're living stones being built into a spiritual house. And when Peter goes on to say, you you know the things that we're a peculiar people, well, none of us would disagree with that. We're a peculiar people, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We, in verse 5, I think it actually says we're a holy priesthood first, and then we become a royal priesthood. Holiness precedes royalty, all right? God's end for our life is, is summed up in Revelation 5.10, and I think it's Revelation 20, verse 6, where he tells us that we are in the world to come to be priests and I think one version says kings and priests or priests and kings the others say that a holy priesthood instead of the um, the king bit but we are designed that we're going to be restored to that place of rulership in this world almost the restoration of the Adamic um, Eden covenant where they were to go out into all the world and subdue it, multiply it. I don't think heaven is necessarily going to be all about sitting on clouds, playing harps and drinking Red Bull so we stay up in the air. Presence is important. And this morning, I I, I get people who say to me, what's my ministry? I need to know what my ministry is in the church. What is my ministry? What's my ministry? I'm going to shatter some illusions this morning. There ain't enough jobs in the church. 
If, even if we could fill every vacancy in terms of in the projects to serve, so we were serving in, in a, everybody there had Christ within them and was bringing the kingdom of God. Even if we fill all those roles, we fill all the roles in the children's work and the youth work and we fill in the putting together communion and everything. There ain't enough jobs for everybody to have a job. In reality, there ain't. So what is it all about? For me, we come into the presence of God, we're changed in the presence of God, and we are changed for a purpose. And our primary role, our primary role before anything else, is this, to be a priest where we are, where we have been set in in this world. There is a tremendous work of grace when you think about it. To become a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Christ Jesus. The priests in the Old Testament served God. They bridged the gap between God and the people, and between the people and God. You might, I don't know how much you know, I'm not an expert on the priesthood or the temple, to be honest, or the tabernacle. I'm not an expert on most, most things because I end up with so many questions, it would be wrong to call myself an expert. But the reality is this, that the priest carried the names of the tribes of Israel on his breastplate every time he entered the temple. Every time he entered the tabernacle, there was the names, the names of the tribes of Israel. He took them in on his chest. They were over his heart. And I think that's very symbolic. So wherever you are today, you have the role of a priest. We are a priesthood. We talk about it, a priesthood of all believers And therefore, you are called to serve God where you are. Now you say to me, really? I say, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So if you are a husband at home, you have a priestly duty with your family to pray for them, to love them, to bring them before the Lord constantly. To pray when they're struggling to encourage them and build them up in the faith. Wives, you have a priestly duty to pray for your husband and your children and to bring your children up in the way of the Lord. You have a priestly duty. If you're working for an employer, instead of, there's so many people I've come across over my life who are in a job that they just want to get out of. And yet maybe your role there, it's just that you haven't connected with your role within that environment where your role is to be a priest in that environment and bring those people who you are with and interact with on a daily basis before the Lord and bring them before the Lord, asking God to open their eyes, not through us necessarily knocking them over the head with a Bible every day, 
but by just the fact that there is something about our lives which is different, and I don't believe in just lifestyle evangelism, so they have to see it, all right? The reality is what they need to do, they need to see it and hear it, but we have to make sure we share it at the right time. And it doesn't have to be that horrible moment, you know what I mean, where you, you're trying to work the conversation round to talk about God. Or you become overly pushy and you become one of those people everybody decides to avoid at work. There are opportunities, I believe, every day for you to be a priest if you will have eyes to see those opportunities. A work colleague might end up sharing with you that they're having a particular difficulty at the moment. That is an opportunity to be a priest. You don't have to immediately preach at them, but you can pray for them. Then you can keep on top of it and you can go back and you can ask those people. Yeah, you can ask them how it's going. You can even ask them, can I pray for you? Now they might say no. And that's probably because they think you're going to get all weird. Shut your eyes and start shouting at the top of your voice a prayer. That isn't it. You can share with them your testimony about how you deal maybe with some of the same things that they're dealing with. But our role is to be a priest. And to carry those people before the Lord. And represent them before God. And ask God to work on their lives. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict them. Ask the Holy Spirit to make them aware. You know, to start being open. And I do believe if we would see this and we would go every place where we went, we acted in that role that we've got some priestly duty, then what we would begin to see is we would begin to see opportunities opening up before us to share Jesus with others. And so we want to be in the presence of God in order that we can be the presence of God. Because we carry him with us. God is the priest's inheritance. Ezekiel 44, 28. I told you that before. The priests were anointed for service and we receive the Holy Spirit as a seal in Ephesians, it says. But again, we're told that the Holy Spirit is given as an empowerment to be witnesses. We need to get connected into our ultimate calling to be a kingdom of priests to our God. We're not called to keep our encounters with God to ourselves, but to take it into everyday life and serve one another. In 1 Chronicles 12, 18, we read these words, Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, who was chief of the captains, and he said, Thine are... Thine are we, David, and on thy side, thou son of Jesse. Peace, peace be unto thee, and peace be to thine helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. Then David received them and made them captain of his band. 
In the ESV, it says this, then the Spirit clothed a Maasai. And I went and looked at the Hebrew word for what it meant, whether it's clothed or came upon. And from my perspective, my personal perspective, I think clothed is more close to what the word should be interpreted rather than just came upon. Clothed. The word is labesh. Meaning to be clothed with the spirit. I love that. The idea, it's almost like you put on an overcoat. You have an overcoat. And therefore... For me, I think that idea of being clothed, we come into the presence of God. Um, there's a, a, a verse in John's Gospel where, I think it's John's Gospel, where Jesus is uh, telling the disciples that he and the Father will come and make their home in them. How does God do that? How does he do that? He gives us his spirit. The Holy Spirit. So for me, experiencing the presence of the spirit is much like being clothed with the spirit. A garment that is put on. Now I know that some will say to me, but it says in scripture that rivers shall flow from your belly like rivers of living water. I don't have a problem with that. But presence, filling, clothing, for me, I, I don't care how it happens as long as it happens. Being in the presence of God opens us to him, to be changed by him, to take on board, shaped, fashioned, the potter. You know, I love that Old Testament um, picture of the potter's house and the clay is there and it's being shaped by the hands of the potter in the presence of God, we are shaped. We become malleable in his presence. So I want to just say to you today, at the end of all the stuff, that the other three weeks on presence, it's not pursuing the presence of God only just for an experience, because that's the danger with pursuing the presence of God. It's experience only. And we walk in, we have our experience and we walk out, but we don't change. For me, being in the presence of God is to give him opportunity to shape me, make me more malleable, to open me up, to expose me for who I really am in the deepest recesses of my life. To allow me to have the privilege to repent when I need to, ask for forgiveness and cleansing 
from unrighteousness. I want to live in the presence of the Lord, not just when we're together as a body and the music's good, but on my own when I'm sat in the small room in my house or in my study. I want to be shaped and fashioned by God and God's Holy Spirit working in me. So what next? Simply, maybe we should start to look for opportunities to pray for other people within the church. Do you know somebody that God has laid on your heart at the moment and you feel you should pray for them? You know, you can spend hours praying for them, not knowing what you're praying for, but you just know that you need to pray for them, or you're asking and crying out to God, God, what I know that they need prayer, what is it? Why don't you just go and ask them? It's a lot easier. I don't mean that disrespectfully, it's a lot easier. And then when they tell you what they think they need, then take that to God and ask them, ask God why they need it. And how he wants you to pray into that situation. If you're a parent, why not start praying for your family? You probably already do. It's not a criticism. Husbands, pray for your wives. Wives, pray for your husbands. Pray that both of you will have the wisdom and courage to respond to God and follow his leading wherever it takes you. Whatever he asks of you. Pray for the assistance that you need to be a good parent. Pray for one another in regards to that. Pray that God himself will be that third cord in the marriage that makes it strong. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Why don't you start praying for your work colleagues? Initially pray for them without even asking them anything. Or trying to share Jesus with them. And as you get the opportunity, because I am gonna make I'm gonna put it out there on the line. If you will do this with not just sincerity, but genuine sincerity and purpose, I'm gonna tell you things will open up to you and you will get the opportunity. And when they do begin to open up to you, initially just listen. And pray for those things you hear. And when you go back to them and just say, I heard you say the other day, how's that going? I've been praying for you. Is there any other way one might be able to pray that you... And if they don't want prayer, that's their choice. I don't believe in browbeating people, but I do believe in giving them the offer. Why not pray for your friends, those that you know don't know Jesus? Maybe some of those friends are close enough already that you could have a conversation with them. But don't do it without praying for them. Testify to how God helps you. Because let's be honest, the struggles they have are no different to the struggles we have. In many respects, the difference for us is we walk with Jesus. That's the difference. 
And then pray for people you might meet regularly, but they're not on any list, friend, work colleague. Why don't you creatively shop? Wherever you go, Lidl's, Aldi, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Morrison's, or if you're really okay, you put Waitrose. All right? Wherever you go, why don't you look to see if the same cashier is on? And why don't you go to the same cashier every time? Smile and thank them for their, their service. Because I've noticed that cashiers love to talk even after they've, you've, you've put the stuff through the till. And if I'm second in the queue, that winds me up. All right? I'm going to start trying to pray at that moment. But the reality is, I hear sometimes cashiers telling people things about their personal lives and they don't even know the person on the other side of the, 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 the conveyor belt. Well, if they do that with you, just say, well, I'll pray for you. And then the next time you shop, look for them and remember to ask them, how's it going? You, shared, you told me last time this was happening. Number one, they'll be blown away just because you remembered. Number two, you actually prayed. Ask God for opportunities. Go out there and be the presence of Jesus in other people's lives. I believe we should take every opportunity to give witness to Jesus that is presented to us. I think sometimes by praying first, before we actually get there, those opportunities are then not as difficult as what they might have been had we not. You see, when I am out there with whoever, whether it would be in the projects on a, a Monday to Friday and there's people coming in who don't know Jesus, I do want them to experience love. I want them to know that there is something different not because I want to be special and everybody thinks, oh, he's a nice guy, but because actually I think that's what Jesus wants, you know? Um, And I do believe that we're all called to be a royal, holy priesthood. You know, holy priesthood means, the word holy that's used there, part of its meaning is not just about holy as we might understand it, but it is belonging to, belonging to the one whose priesthood we are. Belonging to him. I might walk in a way sometimes which is broken, but I will tell you this, I am personally someone who wants and knows that I belong to him. I belong to him. I've been bought with a price. I am not my own. I belong to him. And so are you. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, if you have decided that Jesus is going to be the king and master and lord of your life, you belong 
to him. You are his. He paid the price. You are valuable. You are valuable. A price that is priceless has been paid for you. And therefore, for me, I need to embrace what it is that God calls me to. And I know it's hard because sometimes we get into our workplace. Sometimes in our workplace, it's very difficult to stand in a place which seems to be alternate to the culture that is there. And it is so easy to, if you're not guarded, it is so easy to slip up and join in. But you're called to be different. So am I. We're called to be different and live differently. I'm going to pray. Sally Ann, will you and the team come back and whatever song you've chosen this morning to finish with, we will do afterwards. Yeah, um, let's just pray together. I want you just to take a moment and just think about what I've said this morning. Just think about it for a moment. Your role as a priest, serving he who is above everything, how will that change your life tomorrow where you're going to go? How will it change your parenting? How will it change going into work tomorrow? How will it change? And then I just want you, just personally, just at some point through the rest of today, I just want you to say to God, God, you've bestowed on me a high calling, because it is a high calling. Help me exercise that calling with wisdom and courage. Heavenly Father, I, I just want to ask for us all, Lord, we're all works in progress. And Father, we will not be the final thing until the day we are with you. And so, Lord, I just come before you this morning and I want to ask, Lord, that help us know your presence daily in our lives. Help us enjoy you. Help us so that we can be malleable in your hands and fashioned and shaped according to your purpose. And then to serve you in that purpose with every drop of energy that we have. I want to thank you, you that you love us. That, Lord God, that you are for us, not against us. And so, Father, I come this morning and I just commit us as a body to you. May this week we find and begin to find our place as a kingdom of priests in apprenticeship for that day when we will be with you and we will be that fullness of the priesthood. So, Father, I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.